Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies or drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify his desires. That word put on in Greek, and I, I've told you this before, I'm not a Greek student. I just look in uh, online to biblehub.com and you can find out meanings of the various forms of Hebrew or Greek. For nothing, by the way. The Greek word is enduol. I think that's the way it's pronounced, enduol. We actually get that, we have that word in our English language. But we don't use it very much. It's kind of a, an old word. But it actually still is in use for guys my age, and maybe Jerry's. It means to endue. Enduo, endue in English. And it means to actually, literally, clothe someone. Or to give someone a blessing or a position or an honor, and it is really something that comes down on us. Uh, Jerry made reference to the fact that Christianity is the only religion where blessing comes down to us, rather than our trying to get up to that blessing. And we'll look at a verse later on about that. The word occurs in just these uh, few verses, twice, means clothe, to clothe, put on. This morning I put my jacket on. This morning you put your shirt on, your shoes on. We say put on. It occurs 27 times in the New Testament. Paul uses it nine times in his various letters of putting on. Well, it's something that is not fake, well, of putting on. Like, I'm a famous actor. Somebody told me this morning I look like an actor. Well, I hope I don't. But the fact is, we sometimes do put on, and we act a part. Christianity is not acting a part. It is being what he has called us to be and made us to be. Put on. Verses 11 and 12. Knowing the time. This is really important for us, folks. This word was given 2,000 years ago. Knowing the time. Paul says to know the time. You know the time. It's not the clock. There's another timetable that's going on. 
and it has nothing to do with the 24-hour thing up there. It has to do with God's timing. And there was a certain time in our lives where God came into our lives just as Jerry just shared, and he doesn't know how much I'm going to pull off of his testimony for illustration this morning, but we're in this together, aren't we, Jerry? Amen. So it was at the right timing. Who could have timed that except the father? Freezing night, car driving, sticks his thumb out, the car stops. Christian family, they plant a seed. The seed germinates. It takes root in his life. And voila, we have a pastor. That's how it works. Timing is everything. And God knows that. And he knows the timing in your own life. And he knows in the timing of the whole world what is happening. We need to know the time. You know, one of David's armies that came to him or men, tribe that came to him to join up for his army was the sons of Issachar who knew the times. We as Christians need to be like the tribe of Issachar to know the times that we're living in. These are truly vital times that we're living in today. Make no mistake I'm not a prophet, but there are too many things pointing toward the soon return of Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying repent or perish. I'm just saying Jesus Christ is near and he's coming and he's promised. And there's so many things that he has promised that have come true and been fulfilled. And there's those that are waiting to be fulfilled knowing the times. Paul's greatest concern in writing this letter was that the Romans would understand the time in which they lived. And it was very, very vital. And Paul's heart was much concerned for the, uh, the Roman church. Looking back over these past months in our study in Romans, we have barely scratched the surface of this letter to the Romans the gospel of God concerning Jesus Christ. And after we finish it, like I've already said, we should go back over it again next year. Can you put up with that? And then he says, walk properly. Those are the two points, knowing the time and walking properly. That is what Paul's heartbeat is, that Christians be true Christians, that we not be some religion, but that we be people who exemplify the life of Jesus Christ. Not just following his rules or teaching, but having Jesus Christ in their life. Let's get back to the illustration that Jerry gave us. As he was sitting around the table, someone at that table mentioned his name, prayed to the living God. That was Jesus Christ reaching into his heart. Just through a simple experience like that of having somebody overnight changed a whole life and many other people's lives, I can well imagine. 
Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Well, you think, well, yes, of course. I heard about salvation 40, 50, 60 years ago, and now it's closer. But I think that there's a deeper meaning than that, that it's nearer to us than we first believed by the fact that it has been a reality. And the more that we delve into the wonder of salvation, the more we discover of where God was at work. It wasn't just in one act. God involves himself in our life for eternity. And that's what salvation is about, folks. It's about our coming together, God coming into our life. And it's not just a one thing happening. Well, yeah, I accepted the Lord 60 years ago. No, I know him deeper because I have 60 years of walking with Jesus Christ and knowing him intimately and he knowing me and he being able to speak to me and I to him as friends. It says that David spoke to God as friend to friend and so we can too. And that is what we should be doing. And I know that many of you are at that point in your lives. Joseph asking for more maturing. We prayed for him. We prayed for the rest of us that we would grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ and the Father and the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to be a Christian. Paul encourages us, cast off the works of darkness. Knowing the times is something that we have in Matthew 24 and 25. I would encourage you this week, if you have time on the train or you're on your lunch break at at the office or school or wherever you may be at your home, look in Matthew 24 and 25. Chapters 24 and 25. And just read through them a couple of times. If it's your lunch break, just take a couple of times. But it's very, very important to knowing the times. And Jesus talks about knowing the times in those two chapters. And in there, there's a story that Katie has told about ten young women who were invited to a wedding feast. And these ten women, I don't know what kind of a a wedding it was. It must have been an overnight stay because they fell asleep. They had taken with them lamps. They all had oil in their lamps. And all ten women woke up when they heard a shout, The bridegroom is coming! All women had the lamps, but only five women had more than enough in their lamps, extra oil. And the five other women had some, but it had run out. The five wise women told the five foolish women to go and buy more oil. Well, the five foolish women went out to buy more oil. Guess what? 
the bridegroom came. These five foolish women had missed the opportunity to meet the bridegroom. And when they got to the door, they wanted to get in, but it was locked and they couldn't. And the bridegroom said, I never knew you. Casting off the works of darkness. While it was still night, the call came. They needed the light. And the five wise had enough to carry them through the darkness. Casting off darkness. Have you ever thought about how is it that light and darkness can be so substantive? We turn the lights off right now. We're not going to do that. But if we did, it would be immediately dark in here. If we turn them on again, the darkness has gone somewhere. That's what it means, casting off the works of darkness. And you know what? A lot of us like darkness because we're hidden. And it says men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Casting off the darkness. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness. And then put on the armor of light. This word armor actually means weapon. Put on the weapon of light. And that is a weapon for us. It reveals what is around us that will be attacking us. It turns on the light to something that is dark that we may stumble into and we may discover ourselves in a place we don't want to be. The light exposes that and it's as a protection against that which is evil coming against us. And you know, you may have your computer on and inadvertently there comes a picture or a something there that attracts you. You don't want to go there. And the Holy Spirit is like light to us. He is able to bring the knowledge and understanding that this is darkness. Cast it off. Turn it off. Don't allow it to infiltrate your room, your space. Paul says, put on light clothing. Put it on. We'll talk about it a little bit more here. Put on the armor of light. Paul goes on to say, walk properly. Behave properly is another translation. Jesus made it very clear that there would be a choice to make in following him. The early Christians were actually called the people of the way. They weren't called Christians. In fact, the name Christian was a derogatory name. Oh, look at the little messiahs walking by. Look at those little messiahs, those little Christians. They think they're so great. Derogatory. We hold it as a badge, don't we? Or do we? But we are 
We are truly little Christs. Have you received Jesus Christ into your life? We were challenged today to begin a conversation with those that we just bump into. It can happen very naturally or it can happen supernaturally. But give room, start conversations our brother asked us to do. And God will pick it up from there. And some of them will amount to nothing other than you might have an opportunity again to go back and say, you know what, I was talking to you the other day and we didn't have this little tract that our son wrote, but we wanted to, and we, were, we went back to the store and there was that lady that we had seen the week before. And so Katie said, we wanted to give this to you, but we didn't have an extra one. She looked at it. Well, what is this? What is this? And we left it with her with just a, a little bit of an explanation. And we're praying that God will use that in her life. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't. That's okay. You can ask your neighbor afterwards. The call to follow Jesus means that we leave the old life and begin a, a walking in darkness and begin to walk in the light of the word of God. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies or drunkenness, nor in sexual immorality or sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. Paul's paired up six things here. They're not pretty scenes to think about, but if you kind of think about what is the day and age in which we're living what are we experiencing out there in our workplace, on our computers? What is it we are experiencing? I think it comes in the category of those three things. Darkness. It is time. You know that we don't, we're not just the only ones here in Japan that are connected to the internet. There are places that are way off in remote areas that are connected. And soon, you know, they have a plan right now that I've been reading about that we are going to be connected globally by Wi-Fi. And it won't cost you a thing. And we can tie into either darkness or into light. And it's just a flip or a click of a mouse and we're into darkness. Be careful, folks. Let's walk properly as Christians. Walk as in the daytime. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, clothe yourself with Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Luke 24, 49, and behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. And you are to stay in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high, endued with power from on high, 
another translation says. The disciples, after Jesus left, was resurrected and ascended into heaven. He went to the Father and he sent the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, a person just like Jesus, came into 120 men and women. And they were turned on. They were clothed. They were lit up by the life of Jesus Christ in them. And that's what Jesus promised that would happen to us as Christians, believing in him, that the Holy Spirit would come into our lives and take up residence in us. And that would be the putting on of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not like a suit. It's not like a new facial or a new hairdo. It is actually inside of us. The Holy Spirit comes to take up residence in us as believers in Jesus Christ. And he is the one that empowers us to walk day by day as his witnesses. That's what the Christian life is about. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It's as simple as that. Submitting your life to him. Asking him to come in and be Lord of your life. Removing from you those sins that you regret, you abhor, you don't want to have a part in them. And he becomes the life, the heartbeat in your life. That's what makes the difference. And Paul says that. Be endued. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's offering it to every one of us. And make no provision for the flesh. Jesus Christ coming into our lives is a time when you have decided that you will engage in a relationship with Jesus Christ. A few weeks ago, we had a marriage in this church. They are married whether they like to be married or not. God sees them as one. And that's the same way that God looks at us. And I'm sure... No, I'm not going to ask them. I was going to say, I bet you they've already had one argument. But that doesn't mean that they're not married. And it's the same with us as as believers in Jesus Christ. We're not perfect. I'll never be perfect. And you certainly won't be perfect. (laughs) Because we're human beings. But someday we will stand there perfectly before the throne forgiven made whole but in the meantime I am one with Jesus Christ and he with me and for every one of you who have believed in Jesus Christ you are one in him why? because we've been endued with the spirit of Jesus Christ and we are his people. Now that 
is enough to make anybody stand up and jump. Right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand? Revelation 22, 17 says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the Bride. Who's the Bride? Who's the Bride? What do you say? Come. Come. Please come. And let the one who hears say come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. May the Lord bless you today and this week and throughout this week as you have encounters with those that you know, those that you don't know. Be bold because in you is the spirit of the living God. It's not in your power. It's not in your wit. But it is in your heart. Jesus is resident there. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Shine as light upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.